from KQED. Go to many of the world's great cities and you'll find yourself getting around underground on vast train systems. That's been the experience of Ziad Shafi, a UC Berkeley grad student living in Richmond. So I, I went to college on the East Coast in Virginia. So I went to D.C. and took the metro there whenever I was there. It was really convenient uh, that you could reach wherever you want um, just taking the metro. When he got into UC Berkeley and started writing BART, Ziad was a little disappointed. I just thought that, gee, you know, it's really hard <laughs> to get to Presidio or Golden Gate Park. The BART lines themselves are not as spread out. Look at the metro map for Paris, D.C., London, New York, and they all look like spider webs taking you within striking distance of just about anywhere you'd want to go in the city. But BART, it's shaped more like a tree, with one measly line going through San Francisco. Ziad wanted to know why. Why do the four of the five BART lines go all the way from West Oakland to Daly City? It seems like a mistake. I'm Olivia Allen Price. This is Bay Curious, the podcast that answers listener questions about the Bay Area. Today, we'll get into why BART goes where it does and what the next chapter of public transit in the Bay Area might look like. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Founded in 1980, it's still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And still the pale ale that sparked a craft beer revolution. Sierra Nevada, still the one. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hi, I'm Tyler Foggett. Join me and my colleagues as we go beyond the headlines and deepen your understanding of the forces shaping our world today on The Political Scene, a newly updated podcast from The New Yorker. With episodes three times each week, The Political Scene accesses the sharpest minds in politics for insight and analysis about everything from abortion rights to the war in Ukraine. Make sure you're following The Political Scene, available now wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we've got Ziad's question about why we ended up with a BART system that can feel kind of redundant at times. We turn to KQED's transportation editor, Dan Brecky, on this one. If you've been a longtime listener of the show, you will recognize Dan's voice. He's answered a handful of BART questions for Bay Curious over the years in other episodes. Hi, Dan. Hey, Olivia. So let's start by addressing Ziad's question head on. Why do so many of the BART lines travel that same stretch of track between West Oakland and Daly City? Yeah, he said he feels like it was a mistake. And I guess it depends on what you mean by mistake. The BART map is fully intentional. Whether it should have been done differently, that's a really good discussion to have. But no, it was done with every regional planner's eyes open. And the logic behind it was BART was always conceived of as a what they call a mainline or trunk system that would carry people from outlying areas, you know, the suburbs in Alameda and Contra Costa County, and originally Marin and uh, San Mateo County, uh, and bring them into 
the cities, mainly downtown San Francisco, that was primary, and downtown Oakland. And so th- that's really just the way it was designed. We're going to have this one, um, you know, main line that's going to carry people to the, the city centers. This idea of BART being built to serve city centers comes up in old promotional videos about BART. The BART solution for restoring mobility to the Bay Area is a system of high-speed trains from the suburbs into the central city and from the inner city to the suburbs. It also ought to be added that one trunk line that we see today was not the only line in the original BART plan that went through San Francisco. There was a Marin County line as well, right? And that would have probably gone out Geary uh, somewhere and then headed up through the Presidio and across the Golden Gate Bridge and eventually ended up in Novato. Marin County pulled out of the deal in the early 60s and they didn't want to be part of it. There's a long story about why that is. Partly it was engineering concerns about the Golden Gate Bridge, or that was a reason that was offered. There was also unease about the the tax cost of doing it, and and probably also, although not explicitly stated, about the quote unquote character of the of bringing in transit, how that how it would change Marin County. So, you know, there could have been other lines in San Francisco. So the key here really is thinking of BART not as San Francisco's train system or the East Bay's train system. People might want it to be that. I certainly would love if it could be that, but that's not what it was ever designed to do. Yeah, what you said just now is exactly right. It was never designed to do that. And, you know, we ought to also mention that San Francisco did have a very robust transit system of its own, not rapid transit, right? It was buses and streetcars at the time and still is, although streetcars have been replaced by light rail, the Muni Metro. And the East Bay had transitioned from the key system, which was in its dying days when BART was being envisioned in the the mid to late 50s. And that transitioned into AC Transit, a public agency that ran buses. Now, it should be said that the key system wasn't just streetcars. I mean, it was mostly buses by the time it, it came to an end. New arrivals in the Bay Area are always amazed by this. Those key system trains and, uh, and trains of other systems earlier ran across the Bay Bridge right into uh, downtown San Francisco at first admission. Yeah, it's a little bit of a... <laughs> A knife in the heart, I guess, to think about how much more robust in some ways our public transit used to be. And we lost it. Well, there was really serious underinvestment. The key system and its competitors, uh, Southern Pacific ran uh, streetcars in the East Bay. Uh, There were streetcar systems in the South Bay and the North Bay. They were all private companies that were under contract with uh, the cities through which they ran to deliver service. And they often were limited in what they could charge. And the result was that they were money losers. The key system was not a profitable system. And it was not a profitable system because it never was in a financial position to really reinvest in state-of-the-art equipment and track upgrades. us now back into sort of the modern day. So, you know, BART is what it is um, at this point. 
But why don't we think about expanding it to be more like one of those systems that you might find in Europe or D.C. or, I mean, New York has like a fantastic subway system uh, where you really could get around to most places you would need to go using an underground rail system? You know, that's a really big question. And I think the answer is uh, really complex. I think a lot of it has to do with the investment required. Um, It would be something that might cost hundreds of billions of dollars. It's just really expensive to develop a BART line, right? BART is inherently a very expensive technology. So you always have to figure out where that money is coming from. The other thing that really adds to the problem is that putting in a line after everything has been developed around it is just very disruptive. You have to relocate properties or tear them down or, you know, condemn and take over land. And that just adds to the expense and the the complication. The challenge of building a BART line under what's already developed land isn't new. It was actually a huge issue back when it was first being built, too, as they explained in this promotional video. Not only Earth had to be moved, but the confusions of the past had to be contended with. Among them, a 10-foot layer of pipes, cables, wires, conduits, a tangle of utilities laid down under the street by 200 different companies through the years. High-pressure water and gas lines, steam pipes, sewers. They had to be sorted from telephone, telegraph, fire alarm, burglar alarm, and other electrical utilities. And everything had to be moved without interrupting service. Despite how hard it is to build this new underground infrastructure, we have been doing some of it. Dan, can you tell us about the Chinatown Muni project and how that has gone over the past, you know, how many years now? You know, you're absolutely right. The Central Subway, as it's called, is a great example of why it's so difficult to build a train line through a dense urban area where lots and lots of stuff has already been built. So number one, you have to build a tunnel. So that's really expensive to do just to start with. And then relocating utilities and uh, building stations that are mostly underground and figuring out how to make those get up to the street. That's really a difficult thing to do. And Yes, you have to tear up streets right and left to make the whole thing happen. So, yes, it's a really costly and time-consuming process, and everything about the Central Subway shows that. Uh, Major cost overruns throughout the history of the project and never being able to meet a schedule. Are there any examples of when we've done public transit really well in the Bay Area? I need some good news. So an example of planning and building something right is... BART going through Contra Costa and Southern Alameda County. As you leave MacArthur Station on a BART train headed out toward Pittsburgh Bay Point, for instance, you'll find yourself heading up the freeway median. That was planned, acquiring the land for the freeway and BART at the same time so that you wouldn't have to figure out some place to to put BART where uh, houses or office buildings had already been built. So it's a really smart way of planning and executing a train project like that. It does seem like we're in this weird moment with transportation because, you know, ridership is still down. People are not commuting as much as they used to and might not for the foreseeable future. But we also know that climate change is a huge problem and vehicles are the number one source of greenhouse gas emissions in California. So 
what are transit agencies doing right now to plan for the future as they kind of balance these, you know, many things going on? Well, funding is one thing they're looking at because they're facing the reality that um, the only way that they've been able to continue service at the level that we're seeing today is because the federal government gave transit systems across the country this gigantic bailout. I mean, BART itself has gotten one and a half billion dollars. But all the transit planners, all the transit agencies know that that money is running out, right? It's going to be gone in 2025 or 2026. So what is going to fill the gap? So funding is a big thing. How can you make transit more efficient is a big question. And so things are happening. They sound modest at first, but for instance, universal map system so that, you know, the Muni map is the same as the BART map, is the same as the AC transit map, is the same as the Caltrain map, right? So that's, you know, wayfinding is considered to be a big goal. Much bigger goals are coming up with a fare structure. Um, there's a pilot right now that is has distributed a limited number of tickets that are basically all access passes for any transit system in the Bay Area that uh, the holder wants to take advantage of. People just want to see how they're used and, and whether it really does make it easier, whether there's a response. And then another one is um, schedule integration so that you don't get left standing for 45 minutes waiting for a train someplace or a bus because schedules just didn't match somehow. Okay, Dan, before you go, one last question that came from a listener named Greg Tinker. He wants to know, will BART ever fully circumnavigate the Bay? Dan, what do you know? I think it's really doubtful because there's already a train line going from San Francisco down to downtown San Jose. That's Caltrain. It's about to become electrified and is kind of going to be a, a, a showcase for a modernized train line here in the Bay Area. And I don't think people see a lot of sense in creating a parallel redundant BART line from San Jose up the peninsula, especially given the expense of building BART lines. But what BART will eventually do is hook around through San Jose and connect to Caltrain on the southern end. So you will be able to circumnavigate at least part of the San Francisco Bay on rail. That will make it much, much easier to do. Well, Dan Brecky, it is always such a pleasure. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for having me. Shake it If you have more questions about BART, you should check our show notes. We've rounded up all of our BART episodes from over the years that you can listen to. They answer questions like, why is BART so loud? Why are the escalators seemingly always broken? And how was the Transbay tube built? Go check them all out in our show notes. With Twitter in a state of flux, I'm going to be doing more with Bay Curious on my Instagram account, which used to be mostly personal, but is now a mashup of some fun work stuff, too. You can follow me at Price. And hey, if you have ideas about what Bay Curious stuff you'd like to see in that space, let me know. Bay Curious is made by Katrina Schwartz, Brendan Willard, and me, Olivia Allen Price. Darren, too, is our social video intern. We are a production of member-supported KQED in San Francisco. 
We'll be dark next week to enjoy some time with our friends and family for Thanksgiving. I hope you get some time like that, too. We'll be back on December 1st with a new episode. See you then. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play March's trivia game? Every month, we'll read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a sweet prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, this Bay Area high school holds the longest winning streak in high school football. They won 151 games in a row between 1992 and 2004. What is the name of the school? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey, John Favreau here. There's no shortage of political takes in 2024, but quantity doesn't cut it. We need a better conversation about the latest biggest election of our lives. On Pod Save America, me and my co-host cut through the noise to help you figure out what matters and how you can help. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, Pod Save America is breaking down the political news that makes us laugh, cry, and snap our laptops in half. Expensive year for laptops. Make sure to check out new episodes of Pod Save America on your favorite podcast platform or our YouTube channel now.